Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Football Podcast, episode 12. And we are talking about semifinals of Liga Mackeys. Guys, we are near, near the end. The final this week, first and second leg. It's it's madness. It's madness, especially last week. Such a chaotic semifinal Liga Mackeys week. And we're here to break it down. That's going to be on... That's what's going to be on the menu. Uh, semifinals and a preview of what can we expect from the final. Um, so, let's get started with our show. First, let's introduce the one and only, you know him, you love him, you follow him on Twitter, Tom. Tom, how are you? Muy bien. Uh, un fin de semana increíble. Increíble. Must be nice to be you. You know, going to all these games, living them live. It's such an incredible experience, and I'm so happy you get to experience that. Right. Yeah. Three and th three league games in four days was quite an achievement. I'm pretty proud of that one. Interesting. And we will talk about Tom and his experiences in the semifinals of Liga Mekis. And tonight, a special guest, a very awesome friend that I have all the way from Cali. You guys know him and you also love him. All you Aguila fans. Ivan. Ivan, how are you tonight? I'm very good, Kadi. Hello. Hello to you, Tom, as well. Excited to be on here for the very first time. If people don't know you, Ivan, Ivan, where are you from? Talk about your Eagle Eye podcast that it's really, really great content, guys. You should definitely follow him. But I'll give the platform to Ivan to talk to you guys a little bit about his uh, podcast. Well, briefly to not take up a whole bunch of time, just um, so like you said, Kari, uh, I host uh, the Eagle Eye podcast. We dedicate ourselves to giving uh, coverage 100% about Las Aguilas de America in English. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. Uh, and I do it, of course, with uh, two amazing, uh, amazing gentlemen uh, that go by the name of uh, Christian and Dylan, or some of you guys may know him as Cowboy Dan. Uh, but, you know, two, two of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life and, and very uh, honored to be, be working alongside with them. Yeah, um, really great guys, and you, you, your content is awesome to follow uh, America in English, and why not bring them onto the pod, because America is in the final, and we're definitely going to talk about the first and the second leg of those semifinals, and have Ivan talk to us about how he lived those games, and his expectations of the games, and what he thought, so... But first, let's get started with the other semifinal, very interesting semifinal, Monterrey versus Cruz Azul that happened on Wednesday, first leg, Monterrey beating Cruz Azul 1-0, interesting game, Pizarro with a fantastic game, we saw the Pizarro that we always love, that the control, the move, his movement on the midfield was amazing, and I felt like we kind of got to see him relive at least in you know a semifinal. Um, with Monterrey, he's had a really rough season, and then Saturday, chaotic, Cruz Azul winning 1-0, just enough to go to the final. It was a a crazy game, um, a game where, you know, the lineups were different, Caraglio started, and he had a really funky game, um, the penal missed, I mean, and then Caraglio redeems himself with a goal, and it was just a crazy, crazy night. Um, so, Tom, you went to the second leg. Talk to me about how you saw that game. What, did, what were your expectations already, you know, from Monterrey coming with an advantage of a 1-0? Uh, just ultimate disappointment in Monterrey. Absolutely, um, just so I can't. I still can't believe how they played this game. Alonso's tactics were very, very poor. He completely got it wrong. And the first leg was a fantastic result for them, winning one 0 and they completely shut out Cruz Azul. And they they proved that this Cruz Azul team, if if you force them to take the initiative in the game, if you force them to have the ball. And if you close down spaces in the final third, they aren't a great attacking side. They've been very efficient in front of goal this season, but they're not great creating chances. I mean, they had three shots in the whole game uh, at the BBVA Bancomer. Three shots. Absolute. I mean, that, that's, that might be the lowest figure of any team this whole season. So Monterrey go into the second leg needing a goal. Pretty much. They need a goal. 
If they need it, if they get a goal, Cruz Azul needs three. And Cruz Azul being a, a solid defensive team, but not the best going forward, three would have been tough to get. And I think that they just got it completely wrong. They sat back very defensively. Um, first half... They started to sat Montes with the line of five in the back. Right? Yeah, they, w they went for the five at the back. Um, they, they went for something similar to when they played a, against Santos. You know, Hurtado coming in um, with Gallardo and Pabon dropping to the bench. And uh, the first half, they, con they, they controlled it. You know, Cruz Azul were pretty defensive themselves. Also, I think they were wary of not wanting to concede the goal. Cato uh, Dominguez was playing at right back rather than a more attack-minded Madueña with Lichnowski playing centre-back. Uh, they also had Salas in the midfield, a more defensive-minded player than Rafa Baca. So I think it was a, a cautious one from Caixinha. And to be honest, they did nothing first half. The first half was um, not that... Many, not much happening to be honest barely anything happened until Pizarro was injured and suddenly they're against mm -hmm. 10 men and with, with the extra man uh, they managed to get a shot on goal a, a poor piece of keeping from Barovero and it leads to the penalty which obviously uh, was missed absolutely terrible oh. terrible penalty from Caracchio but the second half Monterrey just made it impossible for themselves and they sat so deep all they did was leave Funes Mori up front and the only thing they did was just hit long balls to him and against mm -hmm. Aguilar and Lichnowski two dominant centre-backs both of whom had superb games on Saturday they're absolutely sensational the pair of them um, together 16 clearances and, and six block shots as well and they just invited the pressure and the pressure and the pressure and I think a goal was inevitable and it helped again that there was another error from Baravero that led to the goal that was eventually given after the VAR and then it made me think, and this, this actually, I'm going to bring in um, something about my, my work here, which is that earlier in the day, I'd had two semifinals with the, the team I coach, um, the club I coach at. And both these semifinals, we took the lead. We were 2-0 up in both of them. And we got very defensive, like Monterey, and we're, all, we, all we could do was play a long ball. And we kept losing the ball, and we invited pressure on. And once the first goal was scored the momentum was just impossible to get back in our favour. And momentum is so important in football. And uh, in both of my games, we ended up drawing 2-2. Um, we won one on penalties, lost the other one on penalties. With Monterrey, they just weren't able to create anything for the rest of the game because the men momentum was so against them. They weren't able to come back from being so defensive and, and do anything. So for me, you know, this is a team that has so much quality and... Um, it was just a waste of the quality from Alonso. Like I said, they should have tried to get one goal. And um, I think they just made it inevitable that Cruz Azul women get one goal and uh, hold on for, for the win. And I think setting Pavon was just a huge decision, especially if you, you're going, you know, you just need a goal and to hold up the scoreboard that was already in your favor. So I think that was just a, a shock for me. Yeah, assist um, leader. Assist leader this season, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, with Cruz Azul, they were making me nervous in the last, like, 10 minutes because they were just... I, I can't remember the last sub it was for Cruz Azul, but they were just sitting so defensively and Monterrey was trying to attack and that just made me nervous saying, what are you doing? Like, this is not the time. Um, just because, you know, mentally I'm thinking Cruz Azul is a team that has worked so hard to be in first place and have gotten to this final, they can't lose. And you're going to let a Monterrey who's been so inconsistent and just barely getting by and now turning it on beat you to the final. I think that's just something mentally for me that, you know, was not possible. But I think it was also Casinha starting Caraglio. The man's great, but that game was just not his game, you know. Um, is you know, missing that penalty, which he shouldn't have shot, Elia shouldn't have taken that penalty and we're going to talk about um, kind of the same scenario in the America game with Roger and Aguilera you know in a few if you, if you, in a few but still Ivan what did you think talk to me it, you think you being an Americanista thinking okay we're going to get you know thinking positively and optimistic we're going to get one of those one of these two teams like is there was there a team that you kind of feared uh, these two or were your expectations of this Cruz Monterrey second leg um, well, before I, I answer your question, is it fair enough to say that Monterrey didn't want it? It, it, it felt like that in the past couple of minutes. I, remembering the game, I think 
there was 10 minutes left to go, uh, maybe even five, and, and you just see that there wasn't really a drive from this Monterrey team. Um, they, like, like Tom said, they just kept hoofing the ball up and up, and um, there was kind of no real kind of, I guess... A player that stood out? Yeah, and, and and I guess the way that they were playing too, that there was no real kind of end product to to what they were trying to do. It was just like, they're asking for a hail mary in the 85th minute of the match. Um, when I think they had a little bit more time, they they could have constructed a little bit better play. Um, but but to go back to your question, uh, seeing this obviously as a on an Americanista side of things. Um, Obviously, you kind of want the easier route, so it, it, it would have been more favorable to have gotten Monterrey. Um, but either way, uh, we knew that the most likely candidate was going to be Cruz Azul. And at this point, and I think me and the boys have talked about it on the podcast, uh, it doesn't matter who we got, and it doesn't matter who we get. At the end of the day, if you want to be a champion, then I, the best way to prove it is to go up against the best team possible. Um, it was an exciting game to watch and on, on that end because you never thought that, uh, you know, you thought, well, what if Cruz Azul is about to, uh, you know, do a pull off of Cruz Azul and, and you know, Berlin now make it into the semis. But um, and then you think to yourself, well, you know, Monterrey is not even, you know, maybe that bad of a side. If if they come into the final, then there could be a possibility that they come into this game and, into the Azteca and, and prove themselves. But uh, there, there was no real obvious favorite i think at the end of the day we we were just there watching to see who's going to be our, our opponent and and kind of study them and and now we know it's it's going to be cruz azul and i think they deserved it uh, from the way that they've been playing uh you know in the quarters and in the semis uh, ultimately I, I think they proved themselves and it should be interesting very interesting game um was it just me or did you guys think Avila Sortado was just like missing like he to me he made no like real strong impact like no leadership and you know at the top I, I mean I don't know what you guys think I think it was an impossible game for him because they because they were such a defensive lineup and also mentality from Monterrey every time he had the ball it was like he had to do everything on his own. He had two or three players to beat every time he had the ball and he didn't have options of players um, to move the ball around. And he th Think of Aviles at his best. Aviles at his best in his career has been when he's had a partner. Uh, some, this guy is unbelievably good at linking up with players. His partnership with Silvio Romero at Chiapas was unbelievable. I mean, the best partnership I've ever seen in Liga Mekis. Um, at Cholos, that great Cholos team, him and Dairo Moreno, fantastic combination. The and then last season, him and Pavon together. And I think without Pavon, um, he didn't. He he's someone. Yeah, he's a fantastic dribbler, but he needs someone else to link up with. He's great at one twos. He's great at at creating space by by moving the ball to a partner and then receiving it back. So. I think it was just too difficult for him with a lack of attacking support. Especially with having uh, Pizarro. I mean, I think that the game kind of changed with Pizarro came out, honestly. Yeah. And Pizarro offers a lot for you in the midfield. But, He's a playmaker. But also, let's, let's think about this. I mean, Pizarro, we saw, had a much better game in the first leg than he's had this season, playing through the middle. Uh, we saw he was receiving the ball in the midfield and driving forward for Monterrey. And then in this game, because they go with the extra centre-back, he's out on the wing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's proven to be a, a good winger in the past, but it's not the same role that he's been successful in one or two times in a couple of games for, for Monterrey. So... You know, he hasn't had the best season, but, but when he's looked good for Monterrey, it's when he's been central, I think. So, that again, um, questioning, just questioning Diego Alonso's decisions in this game, definitely. We've questioned Diego Alonso all season, and I think I told you if, if Monterrey wasn't able to make it, we should, you know, kind of start looking somewhere else because it's a Monterrey that always chokes. It, it happens all the time under Mohamed, now under Diego Alonso. There's just... A, a Monterrey that has not excited me to watch this season at all. Besides Funes Mori's golazo. But other than that, it's kind of been like a very dull, barely surviving Monterrey. That has the quality. It's just... 
not fun. Well, we'll wait and see if he puts any sort of his stamp of, on his style next season. You know, will there be some moves in the transfer window? Will he look to play a more possession-based game than we've seen this season? Because, like we've said, it's 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 Tuka in disguise right now. Uh, Turco in disguise, sorry. Definitely not Turco. Turco in disguise, <laughs> under the one, let's say. Yeah. Um, okay. Now let's move on to the other semifinal. Tom, you live both of these two games live. Uh, Pumas versus America, first leg on Thursday, 1 1. Uh, a, a game where Pumas started off really strong, a, a game where Pumas had possession, and I was kind of surprised, like, okay, they can they can hold up their weight. Golazo by the youngster, Diego Linus. Roger Martinez with terrible, terrible penalty, which he should not have shot. Now we're going to get into that. Um, and then it was kind of things were even, heading to yesterday, Sunday. And then just the massacre just happened. And America won 6-1 versus Pumas. Uh, I even tweeted a gif saying, stop, like, stop. Like, Pumas is already dead. Like, stop. Like, it's just horrible to watch. And uh, it was just a very sloppy, disoriented Pumas. They were giving so much space to to America. And, you know, Pollo Salivar, terrible foolish mistakes and i think that would really that really hurt him but on the other side in america that was very dominant and took advantage of the space and creativity of their players with the quality that they do have bruno uh, tom we talked about it last podcast a key was to mark bruno why because now he has seven goals a center back that has second seven goals it's it's a player that has el olfato goal in front of a porteria so you know, let's talk about these two, um, uh, first and second leg. Uh, guys, talk to me about it. What did you think? Uh, I mean, it was a, definitely the definition of a emotional roller coaster. Uh, I, I mean, even if you're in neutral, I, I think this game, both legs kind of took you by surprise. Um, if we go back to Seoul, uh, there was kind of this... Will America do the same thing that they did last season in in the Liga and just wipe out Pumas in in their home, uh, and then of course everything that was surrounding Pumas and 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 what they had kind of this vendetta going forward, trying to get something back since last Liga. So uh, I think the first game kind of you said it right, Gary. I think Pumas started off pretty well, uh, and then America learned how to cope with it, and then of course uh, got them on the counter, and of course. Like you mentioned, Diego Linus with a with a very very good goal. I I don't know. I guess a lot of people have questioned the goalkeeper, Boy uh, Saldivar, in, in that goal, and I would question him as well. But not, nothing to take away from what Diego Linus did. Um, if you look at his uh, the the way he starts that playoff, he could have easily have uh, dropped on the floor and and gotten the foul. But uh, it it just shows shows you what this kid is made of, to to stay on his feet and to push forward. And then, of course, you know, the rest is history when he puts that ball into the back of the net. Uh, at that point, I think America had every right to control the game, and they didn't. Uh, and there's something that we've talked about this whole season, is America gets the goal, an early goal. And for some odd reason, we we sit back. We invite the pressure. We think that the best solution is soak it up and relieve it on the counter. And every single time that we do so, it comes back to bite us. Uh, and then and it happened again. We like Pumas grow. We, we gave Pumas the ball. We gave them the space to run it too. And because of that, you see the 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 goal from them. And I'll be honest with you, we were very lucky to walk out of Seoul with that one one result. Could have easily easily have gone Pumas's way if it wasn't for Marchesin's wonderful saves. And of course, if Pumas's uh, strikers didn't have their shooting boots on. Uh, of course, I, I know a lot of people will say, well, America had their chances as well. We had that missed penalty. Uh, but I think at this point, a lot of people, keep, I think, rather take a free kick than a penalty if you're an Americanista. And uh, and, and I think it was fair enough to, to walk away with a draw, uh, even though I would say lucky enough. And then, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that 6-1 demolish. But if I'm talking just about the first leg, I, I think there was a lot of questions more than answers walking out of Seoul. It was a brilliant game. 
brilliant game. Atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, to to be in a just a packed Seu at night in Ligia, incredible. Um, a really, really incredible experience. It's such a different experience than going to the Azteca, without a doubt. The game itself, I, th I thought was brilliant, uh, especially the second half. There was chances at both ends. I mean, I agree with either. And I think I think either side could have ended up winning it. Obviously, America had the penalty save, um, but Pumas had plenty of chances themselves. And it was just a thrilling game that you didn't want to end. It was really disappointing when it ended. It was you just wanted it to go on and on and on because, as a neutral, there was just chances at both ends. Um, I think there was a crucial moment in this game for America, and you're not going to like me saying this, but a very crucial positive moment for America, and that was Edson Alvarez going off. Interesting. Because we feel like that kind of was the moment where America just kind of, the floodgates opened a little bit and Pumas just went all out. They did, but it was crucial for the second leg because I have not been a fan of Piojo going back to the 5-3-2 at all. Uh, I think, you know, America have been very, very good defensively all season with four. I don't think they needed to bring in an extra defender. But most importantly, you're taking out Renato Ibarra, who is arguably, I mean, America's got so many good players, but arguably uh, Ibarra is the best player. And in the second leg, he was absolutely unbelievable. He was so good. So the fact that Alvarez was unavailable meant going back to the 4-2-3-1 formation, America much, much better with that formation, I think. And uh, so I think that was, that turned out to be a, a very positive moment for looking in the long term. I agree. I, I, I think that did suit us in the second leg. I, I will give you that. Now, funny enough, you talk about atmosphere. Um, and crazy enough to think that even 10 years ago, that game uh, in America Pumas at Seoul was still kind of this, you know, if you're if you're an America fan, it, it was kind of like, do I go? Do I not go? No, it still is. I know, it still is. And I'll tell you, I have a... I have a a friend here in Mexico City who's an America fan who went to the game in Ligia. I don't know if it was last season or a few seasons ago, but he said that it was the most scared he's ever felt at Seoul. And um, he, he said he would never go back again uh, to to see America play there. So I think I think it is still something. I mean, from, from me personally... Uh, I was warned that there could be trouble, but there was actually a, a, <laughs> there was actually absolutely nothing. I didn't see any trouble at all. It was it was actually completely peaceful, unlike the second leg where there was some trouble. Maybe because it was a one-one and there was no need to. I think that's a fair uh, point. Know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, it was a very very special atmosphere. But then, I mean, so was the Azteca yesterday. The noise at times. Both yesterday and, and Saturday, really. The noise at times is like, you, you wonder how the roof is still on. You really do. The noise is unbelievable. Like, feel like your ears are never going to recover from it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, talk to me about the 6-1 yesterday that happened in El Azteca. A massacre of America. What happened this game? Talk to me. Well, from my perspective, you've got... A lot going wrong for Pumas in one game. I mean, Saldiva, hero of the first leg, at the end of the game, they're, they're all the fans in Pumas, Pumas fans are, are chanting Pollo Saldiva after saving the penalty. He's been much, much improved this season to what we've seen before. And he just has an absolute nightmare. Uh, absolute nightmare. The first goal, terrible. I mean, he could have stuck his leg out and saved it. The second um, the the Abada goal and then obviously the Martinez goal he gets caught in possession you know really really poor and that gave America a, a big lead that made it difficult but but I think Patino has to take so much responsibility for this for two reasons number one is the change in formation and mm -hmm. uh, normally they just play a, a sort of pretty standard four four two. 
and he he switched things around to a diamond midfield with um, Martin Rodriguez playing as an attacking midfielder. And with the diamond midfield, it means you don't have proper wingers. They have to come more centrally. Uh, otherwise, you just leave one defensive midfielder on their own. So the wide players like Barrera was coming more central and Cabrera was playing on the left. So the width has to come from the fullbacks. So Mosso and Marcora, I mean, Marcora naturally a very attacking player, is getting forward a lot. But Mosso, more than I'd ever seen him before, really getting very high when Pumas had the ball. And as you've alluded to before, um, Karina, this left so much space for America. And America are the best dribbling team in Liga Mekis. Um Statistically, they are the best dribbling team. They have so many great individual dribblers. I mean, we even saw Jorge Sanchez, a guy who's not renowned for his dribbling ability, go on an outstanding run before the first goal. But yeah, Linus and Ibala were just having, uh, having fun. A party. Uh, they were. A party on the field. So much space to run into. And, and even when they did, were faced up by Mosso and Malcorda, they just beat them time and time again because they just weren't good enough to deal with the quality dribblers that these guys are. Um, in total, the pair gave away 10 fouls. I mean, that tells you how good these guys were. Ibada was, his pace, his trickery, his, his delivery as well, his quality of the final ball. I mean, a goal and two assists against Paul Mass in the 6-1 win. He was absolutely sensational. So, you know, America's quality shone through, but I think Patino deserves... Um, to be criticised for the, the diamond midfield. And then also in the second half, you're 3-1 down. I mean, you can kind of excuse him. He takes off Iniesta, the holding midfielder. He puts on Juan Iturbe. And there's even more space in America. Just, they tear Pumas apart. Ivan, what was your takeaway from the 6-1? Was it the America that you really enjoyed? Would you change anything? Uh, what are your thoughts about this game? Do you feel confident after this performance for the Pumas going against Cruz Azul? I think it's the America we were asking for. The America we've been asking for, for not even this season, but for the past couple of seasons. The America that we know that can go out there and, and showcase. Um, and we finally got it. Granted, yes, Pumas had a lot to say in that in, in in that department because, of course, they didn't have their best night. But I think the best part about it is is something that we talked about on the podcast was America did not let off the gas pedal, and we wanted that. We consistently were asking for it. Was get the goal, take the lead, don't sit back, keep pushing, keep going forward, and they did that. They kept going and they kept going. And we talked about this. We said on the podcast, it says, it doesn't matter how many goals you score as long as you win. You go and you constantly push. If you're up by three goals, you keep looking for that fourth. If you're up by five, you keep looking for that sixth. And it's something that we that we mentioned and we said, keep going and, and don't stop. Don't look back. Keep pushing forward. The more goals you score, the more confident you're going to be. The more you, the more team morale is going to build up. So, yes, I, I think this helps the team out a lot in regards to to the final uh and, and it, it builds confidence not only in in the team but in the fans as well that they they're finally seeing the team that they've always wanted you know um i, I think there was a lot a lot of things that america did right in this game and a lot of a lot of that will be credited to what pumas didn't do but um i think it was the right decision to 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 bring back a player like Renate Barra. He changes the game for us. And he's, he's a player that's been consistently criticized by some of the fans and, and some of the media at times. Um, Who are these I people? Think... Huh? <laughs> Who are those people? I mean, what are they watching? This guy's phenomenal. And, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's, and I've had to stick out for him a couple of times too because a lot of people you know, question, is he going to be here? Is he going to go? She, we should just sell him, this and that. And, and I think to myself, well, Let's sit down and let's talk about this because look, Ibarra brings to you what no other player does, and and a lot of people might uh, want to crucify me for this, but I will tell you this: I think he gives you a lot more going forward down the wing than Diego Linus does. And a lot of people will question me that, and then a lot of people may not like that, but I, I think like Renato Ibarra. <laughs> I will tell you this though: uh, on the right hand side, there is no one like him. Whenever he gets the ball to him, and, and may the ball be on the ground or floated, he keeps that ball so close to himself. The way he receives it, the way he just stops it, the way he goes about his game, 
it's phenomenal. I can only imagine what it's like live, and um, he he just constantly running. And the guy has guy is probably an oxygen tank because I've he can go at it for ninety minutes and and even more if if you need him to. Uh, we've always said if he's healthy and if he's fit, then he is by far your best player going forward creatively. And he showcased exactly why he was so important to our team, and and he completely tore uh, Pumas apart in on that right hand side, being so crucial. A goal, two assists in that game. I, I mean, as much as uh, as much as it was a Pollo Salibar mistake, I, I mean the ball that he puts to Roger Martinez, it, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. it's 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 perfectly weighted and. and you could he could have easily tried to dink the goalkeeper or shoot it, uh, and somehow miss. But he saw Roger and and he completely gave him a a phenomenal pass. And like we mentioned, it, this this was the, the America side that we've always wanted to see. And now seeing it against Pumas in, in a very important matchup too, because uh, aside from being a semifinal. Uh, I guess it got taken away that this was a classical. You know, this 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 was a game that had more writing on it than just a ticket to the final. It was bragging rights. It was which institution was going to stay on top. And I think it was important that America kind of stamped uh, and, and reaffirmed everyone that you know we are still uh, you know the team to be. And and now we're we're heading into a final after a good performance. And I, I think the boys will be riled up and and they'll be prepared. The question is exactly how is it that we're going to come out in the first leg, and then, you know, however that goes, what we'll, we'll determines the second leg. So, I'm going to throw something out here, and this is just because I saw it on on, on Twitter, and I, I kind of want to just address and kind of see what um, your thoughts your your thoughts are. Um, Renato Ibarra, 14 games, one goal. Correct. Andres Ibarraguen, 16 games, 3 goals. Cecilia yes. Dominguez, 13 games, 1 goal. Diego Linus, 11 games, 4 goals. I mean, the, the, the stats kind of speak for themselves, but I think Diego Linus is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, think, I think we can all agree here that the best position Diego Linus plays is in the midfield. In that, right behind the, right behind the attacker. Mm. Tom, you're shaking your head. Bec- and, and, and Not I, sure. I, I know why, because he is very fast. He's very pacey. Yeah, but I, I think I like him on the wing. I think Diego Linus is best at, in in the midfield, in in that creative role, in in kind of in a number ten position, because he has such liberty to move around the pitch. He he can go and and you know find pockets of spaces on the left on the right in the middle doesn't matter and he's a very smart kid he's a very smart football player for such a young age he he, he understands the game very well uh and 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 he carries himself in, in a very good manner so i mean i i think creatively he he is amazing down down uh down the middle and in the wing he does a fantastic job i mean look what he, what he did against pumas but um you know i i think sometimes it, he, he it's not it's not his own fault, but he gets lost if he goes down the wing, especially on the left hand side sometimes. Uh, and and we talked about it too. I don't think it's mostly his fault because whenever he does play, he finds pockets of spaces. It's just sometimes I feel like the team ignores him. Uh, and and one of them is because uh, we're so used to playing that down that right hand side because of Renati Barra and and the great creativity he has for us. Uh, that sometimes we forget and ignore the left hand side. So whenever he does play down the wing, whenever he is alongside Renati Barra in the starting 11, he does kind of tend to get forgotten by his own teammates um, because we're so used to going down the right-hand side because, you know, Ibarra has proven himself time and time again, and I think the players have great uh, this great connection with him. Uh, so when he is down the middle and he, he's closer to Ibarra, so you can link up even better with him. Uh, but aside to the other players that you were mentioning, um, you, you know, I think the fans would agree with me when I say Ibar when, and especially Cecilia Dominguez have left uh, a lot more, uh, have left us very little on the pitch than what we were promised. Especially Cecilia Dominguez. I, I think a lot of people, 
a lot of people are fed up with him. Uh, I am, and I'm not even an Americanista fan, but I just don't see the spark that everybody sees in him. He brings nothing to the field. He's had a very poor season, and I don't know why he keeps starting. Exactly. And, and that's Sorry, that question. was a list and of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I think you display the perfect emotion that a lot of people will be feeling about this player. Um I think what gets to me is he's he's wearing such an iconic number in, in the number 10, and he hasn't been able to step up to the plate. Um, and I think that itself, too, is, is what's hindering him. Uh, Ibarguen is a player who hasn't had as much time as Cecilio Dominguez, uh, but does have about six months in the process of, of being with America. He's showing his colors, and, and he's showing what he can do, uh, whether or not he can continue that coming into the next season or maybe in these next two games who knows he could be the key to, to us winning the 13th title uh but i think he he still has a lot more to give and you will chuck it up to him still trying to figure himself out here in mexico but i think by next season if he isn't showing us that he's the real deal like he was in racing uh then you know questions will be asked as to whether or not he should stay tom you were shaking your head earlier What's what's going on? Do you do, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think? Um, I'll offer just some quick thoughts. Um, Cecilio lot just loses the ball too much this season. He's lost the ball way too often. Uh, he's been nowhere near the level of the other three. I'd love to see the three play together: Ibargen, Lainez, and Ibarra. Ibarra is another level, probably the best winger in Liga Mekis. He's got it all. Uh, he's he's just so well rounded. He can even he can even defend quite well. His delivery is outstanding, um, combined with the dribbling and ability and the pace that he has. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of goals, but he's a right winger who plays on the right. He's a creator, not a goal scorer. Uh, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's another level for me. Lainez could be. We haven't seen enough minutes. And it is very disappointing that he hasn't had more minutes because there is literally no reason why. I mean, we've only seen astonishing performances from this kid ever since he's come through. And his data is unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. He's phenomenal. His dribble completion rate is always phenomenal. I mean, um, he's three out of three against Paul Massa in the, in the two legs of the semi-final. He wins so many fouls. And the most amazing thing about him this season, he's only missed three shots. There's only been three shots that he's had that haven't gone in. So he's, he has more goals than shots that haven't gone in. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Is this a short-term weird phenomenon? But perhaps. And there's always the, the fact that you have to take into account that a lot of his games historically have been off the bench, which does, uh, can often have an impact and give people better stats because it's easier to score goals later in the game. But there's just no reason to doubt him. There really is no reason to doubt him. Absolutely... Um, phenomenal I mean I just need we need to see him more Ibargen I like a lot I like I really like him I think he's very very good at cutting him from the left hand side and shooting um, I particularly sticks in my mind the goal against Chivas in the Clásico very very good goal so I think he's a good player you know um, I personally think that Piojo puts too much faith in Cecilio and is wrong to do so I think a lot of people would agree with you, Tom. A lot of people would agree. I can't believe that he started the second leg against Toluca. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Because he we was so kind of bad in the first leg. I mean, he was so bad. honestly, his first... he played 30 minutes. Yeah, but it was probably... I mean, apart from maybe Saldiva yesterday, it might have been the worst performance of anyone's had in Liga Mekis this season. Seriously, it's it's frightening. He he made one pass in the whole <laughs> when he was on. He 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 missed he missed a big chance. Uh, he committed four fouls and lost all of his five duels. He literally did nothing well. It's remarkably bad. I think that's 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 been the story of the season for him. Yeah, and it, I, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit to blame because at the start of last season, he had, um, the Clausura last, oh, yeah, last season, he had a phenomenal start. And I said, 
just put this guy in team of the year already. Put this guy in team of the season. And ever since, he's been really bad. You inflated him way too much. Too much time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Well, America came through. And we're going to have a, a very interesting classical uh, for the final. It's going to be a chaotic week. Um, Tom, you will be attending Sunday's game, correct? Correct. Interesting. You're going to live the best experience ever. Now, heading into this final, uh, Ivan, any changes to the formation or the lineup in America going against Cruz Azul in general? Ideally, I would say no, but knowing Piojo, we most likely will come out with a back five. Okay. Um, Tom, what do you think about Cruz Azul? Any, do you think they'll make any changes from like second leg versus Monterrey? Do you think... You know, because he moved the the defensive line. Do you think he'll he'll maintain that line? or go back to the first verse, the first leg versus Monterrey. Will he start Caraglio or Caute? I'm not sure about up front. I think he's rotated quite a lot this season, so I wouldn't be surprised if if Caute comes back in. Overall, I don't think there's too much difference between the the pair of them in terms of quality. I think the defense will stay the same, and I think it'd be wise to do so. I mean. Lichnovsky is an outstanding defender and having Kata right. having Kata Dominguez at right back instead of Jose Madueña gives a lot more defensive solidity so I expect to see the same defensive line um, Salas or Baca, I'm not sure so prediction time this is Tom's favourite segment which is a total lie I'm being so sarcastic but Ivan, since you're the guest. I wonder prediction. who he's going to predict. <laughs> prediction, Ivan. Um, well, you know what? Give me this. Cause I think I know where your prediction is going to be. But what do you think the first leg is going to look like? Do you see maybe like a draw first leg? Do you see, you know, I mean, it's hard to guess, but what do you envision? And of course, who, what is your prediction? First leg, it, I, I see it going down as either two things. It's either going to be... Um, a close one-one uh, or zero-zero, or it could easily be a blowout for America. But if I'm if I'm trying to keep myself honest, I I would go, I'd go with about uh, a zero-zero. First leg zero-zero. Second leg, what's gonna happen? Second leg. Second leg, I think at that point that uh, the team needs to realize that it's probably the biggest game for the, any of the, that players out there. Uh, you are 90 minutes away from becoming uh, the in the record officially the the team that won and made America the most the team with the most championships. You know, you're 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 90 minutes away from being in in the record book. And you will always have that. You know, there's some players that are coming to the end of their season. Uh, Oreo Peralta, Paola Aguilar, you know, these players that they're not getting any younger. Um, and, and have a lot to give still in, in within these 180 minutes. They have to go out there and, and put it all on the line. So within the last 90 minutes on Sunday, I see America walking away, lifting that 13th trophy with a score line of uh, 2-1. Now, if America wins, does Piojo stay or go? Oh, Piojo is staying. I think Piojo stays regardless, win or lose. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you the opposite, too. If you guys were to lose, if Piojo would still. Because that's kind of just a rumor that's been going on, you know, since like his, his job is on the line, especially going to a final. I think within the Americanista culture, it's it's kind of this kind of hot cold relationship with any manager really. But uh, they, we're so short tempered sometimes that we kind of ignore everything that any 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 of the good things that have happened um, before that bad poor result. Um, whenever we got eliminated by Tigres and we got washed by them in 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 last year, uh, a lot of people were ready to say, "What was Piojo doing? Why did he come back? This and that." 
and then again when we got eliminated by Santos again people were calling for Piojo's head and saying all this stuff and funny enough a lot of people on Twitter have changed their mind just a couple of weeks and, and said you know America has the coach that they need America has the coach mm-hmm. that they have um, it, it, but it's it, that's the way the culture is and and, mm-hmm. and he knows it we know it, and it uh, but I think if you're trying to you know take a step back and, and and realize everything that he's done I think if you look back within the last three seasons that he's had with America this by far is probably the best America side he's coached I mean player for player I think this is by far the best team and so now he has the responsibility of going out there and finally putting the cherry on top which is lifting the trophy I think it's interesting because my dad brought out a good point as much as I really dislike Piojo for many reasons but he's always maintained the team he's coaching at the top always at the top you never see him coaching a team that's you know below eighth position like he's always maintained the team he has in the top and that's just something an influence that he has um and yeah so interesting we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with with Piojo because it's Liga Mekis and anything can happen and we shouldn't you know just draw out anything but um Tom what do you think uh, what do you think the first leg's going to look like and your prediction of who will be campeón de Liga Mekis? I think it's it's an interesting tie just because Cruz Azul are good defensively. They are very, very well organized defensively. Um, and, yeah, I mean, with Caixinha in charge, they're a side that puts defense first. Now, the reason why I think this will be so interesting is because will they be the team that prevents America's dribbling game? You know, America are reliant in, in creating chances on individuals, mainly their wide players, but also uh, Mateus Uribe and Roger Martinez um, to take on defenders and beat them. And this is how they create most of their opportunities. And this in Liga Mekis is a very, very successful strategy. And with the quality that they have, it works very well. But against Cruz Azul, with their defensive quality, might they struggle? And that's really the big question for me in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, although we're talking about these one-off games, I mean, it could be decided just by what keeper has a very good game or two and who finishes the chances in front of goal. I think it'll be close. Uh, but overall, for pretty much the whole season, I've fancied America. I said they're a team that are very well set up to be successful in the Gamekis. I've said that their squad is phenomenally strong. They are absolutely stacked. They've they've got pretty much, you know, more or less in most positions, they've got two guys who can come in. I mean, the, the bench that they had against Pumas is, is frightening, to be honest. The fact that they can bring on... Peralta, Ibargen, Henry Martin, Cecilio, Luis Reyes. Just incredible strength and depth. And so much quality. So I reckon America will, as long as they take the game, like Ivan's been alluding to, as long as they take the game and they don't just sit back, and they, I mean, if they don't go with a line of five at the back, I think they'll ha- they should have a bit too much and, and will come through and beat Cruz Azul. But... It'll, it'll be close. I mean, I'll probably be wrong now that I've said this because I'm normally wrong. <laughs> Never know. This might be the one time you get it right. I got the semi-finals right, to be fair. Okay. See, well, let's keep that The going. quarterfinals was a complete disaster, but the semi-finals, not yeah. too bad. Gary, I'm interested. What is your prediction? Yeah, she always tries I to get out of it. I don't try and get out of it. I just wait for last. Um, Ivan, I know you're going to hate me. Um, our friendship is, is the I'm best about friendship. To, I'm, I'm about to end this phone call right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great friendship, and I respect you, and I love you so much. But I, I'm going to go with Cruz Azul. Um, I think it's their year. I think they've done so much. Um to get to this point. I think they started back at the root at Apelaz, like me and Tom have been repeatedly saying on this podcast, all the tra- all the transfers that 
have had a really great influence developing this team. It's not Cruz Azul that every season I always criticize them because they just bought five to seven extranjeros and just it was just a hot mess and, and they did it they went the wiser route and I think it's their season I think they've demonstrated so much to be in first place um, and being being consistent obviously they've had a couple downs but they've remained up top and I think it was very important against Monterrey because they just needed to get to the final it was achievable and they did so I'm I'm gonna go with Cruz Azul. I think I think first leg it's gonna be a two-two draw. Um, maybe like you said, even a one-one. Just kind of seeing how the the game will be established then, and it's gonna be a very very good game. Um, I mean, uh, America has a great, especially in midfield. They have so many great players. You know, it's kind of terrifying. I I kept telling them stop, stop, stop. Pumas is already. Like, just can you just forfeit the game already? Like, just stop. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Cruz Azul. Um, they're either going to end the curse of the Cruz Azuliada or they're going to make it happen again. So I'm going to take a risk. So I'm going to say Cruz Azul you've is rem- campeón. You've reminded me of something very important. How what? much of an impact will Pelaez have on this final? You know, it's funny enough because... Um, I was listening a little bit to the uh, Mexican soccer show and on the comment section, you know, interacting with all these people and um, and uh, Joel from the Cantina Mekis was yeah. on there and he uh, and he mentioned that uh, Piojo would at times have to run his tactics through Pelayas. Uh, and so Pelayas knows Piojo very well, like the yeah. back of his hand. Oh, I mean, the first that was the first thing he did when he got to America, wasn't it? He brought in mm-hmm. he brought in uh, Piojo. So it it uh, and he asked me he, he 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 questioned me he's like, do you worry that uh, Belias knows Piojo so well? Um, and I thought to myself, you know, he he makes a very valid point. But at this day and age, Piojo has been without Belias for quite some time now. So I would hope, I would hope that he's managed to be able to be a coach without Belias. Um, and and look if. If Piojo, if Belayas knows Piojo as well as, as as people say, then I'd hope that Piojo knows Belayas just as much, because I think that could work in our favor as well. You know, it, it's it's it, it just depends on how you want to how you want to see it. You know, it, it's going to be a phenomenal game. I, I think we're going to have a great aerial duel between Pablo Aguilar and Bruno Valdez. We're going to have a great duel of goalkeepers between Chuy Corona and Marchesin. We're going to have two of the two best midfielders in Liga Mekis with uh, Guido and uh, and Ivan, and then of course, um, you know, it it's, it depends whose youngster is is gonna light up the show. Whether it's gonna be Linus or it's gonna be Piojo. So, if wherever you want to see it, it's it's gonna be phenomenal. And and as a neutral, and if you're if you're gonna give someone a game to watch for the first time and try to hook them on to Liga Mekis, boy, believe me, Sunday will be the day to do so. Uh, even Thursday, so it's it, it's gonna be fun. And of course, a lot of people will say this is Cruz's chance to get the revenge from the 2013 final, and uh, and and a lot of that will be kind of hyped up. And and whether or not that fuels to the fire of Cruz Azul, or or whether it you know kind of hinders them, and and becomes their own Achilles heel. We'll have to wait and see, but regardless of the fact, I think uh, I think the pressure's on for both teams, for both teams really. Uh, America knows what they stand for. America knows that they are whiskers away from being crowned and being recognized as the best team in Mexico in regards to uh, titles and, and everything. And and it's the time to shine. And, you know the Monterrey teams have had it for for the past couple of seasons. Now it's now it's the FS, uh, turn to come back to the top and uh you know let's let's hope for a very entertaining matchup and you know for for all the americanistas listening to right now uh, for our sakes let's hope that by the end of 180 minutes because i do hope that this is over after 180 minutes and we don't gotta go any further uh because i think we're uh, as great as it it was to finally score a penalty we do not want to see ourselves in that position um at, after 180 minutes for oria peralta to be lifting that trophy 
just just as a neutral who'll be there, I wouldn't mind penalties. I was gonna say that. Like it <laughs> would be so dope. It'd be a dramatic ending. It'll be over there. You know. Uh, shout out to our good friend Alan Tomayo. He's uh, he's the guy who runs the Resaca Americanista. He's going down there too. He's flying out from Spain over there to Mexico. So, shout out to you, Alan. And um, oh man, you you are gonna have the best time, Tom. I mean the best time. I, I, the food alone, whenever you go, it <laughs> looks like it's the highlight of the day. Can you imagine the rest? Oh, uh, the food the is. Pozoles and tacos all in one day. Like anybody would want to be him. The food Seriously. is fantastic. The atmosphere is fantastic. Every, every the football is fantastic. I mean, it's it's just the best league in the world, in the best stadium in the world. It's just brilliant. It's phenomenal, but it's it, it's it should be a great matchup. Gotti, you broke my heart a little bit saying that you're going for this, but it's okay because I, I like the fact that you've been going against America this whole time. I think it's it's you might just be the lucky charm. <laughs> <laughs> I will never go for America unless it's like uh, Copa Libertadores against Argentina. Then you can count me in. Other than that, don't count on me. <laughs> I'm being okay. as real as I could be, Ivan. I'm sorry for breaking your heart. No, um, it's fine. It's going to be interesting. Um, Ivan, America. Tom says America. I say Cruz Azul. It's, it's two versus one, but we will see what happens on Sunday, very exciting final, guys. First leg is on Thursday, 8:30. Uh, Sunday, second leg, La Final. Tom, 6:30. 6:30. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 6:30. It's gonna be so intense. You guys cannot miss the first leg or second leg. All you football fans, the beautiful game. It's Liga Mekis. Anything can happen. The dramatic, the chaotic, the madness in these games. Even con la afición, it's just amazing um so we are gonna take off um i want to thank ivan for joining us in this special podcast ivan from the bottom of my heart congratulations for uh medica going to the final and i wish you luck and ivan if they don't follow you or the ego eye podcast where can they find you guys at well beforehand i just want to say thank you to the both of you for having me on uh, you guys you two are uh are great you know kind of leaders in in this whole Liga Mekis community and I think for everyone who listens to uh, you guys are phenomenal to to listen to whether it's on the drive back home whether it's at work or whether it's at home uh, you guys keep up the great job we're we're fans you guys always have the support of the UI podcast boys uh, and everyone else out there too uh, you guys can find me at uh, Ivan Pineda 83 and then of course make sure you guys do follow the Eagle Eye Podcast account at Eagle Eye Pod you guys can find us there and uh, you know we'll we'll be covering we'll be doing our best to give you guys the best coverage not only for this final but of course our hashtag Lady Aguilas who will be playing a final against Tigres starting tomorrow so it's 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 very exciting Cari. we have two finals and it's something that uh, when me and Dylan first started this we dreamt about you know being able to cover a final uh, and it's come to us so so quickly and uh we couldn't be more more happier than, than than to be able to do this so thank you for for having me on of course um shout out to dylan and christian who uh, are awesome they're very um good friends of mine and just like you ivan so no thank you for for hopping on and giving us your um, your side of the America and, and kind of your views and your expectations because it's so different if me and Tom talk about it why not have a real Americanista um, like you <laughs> just tell us about it so thank you again um, Tom people aren't following you already which they should already have been since day one and you will be attending so where can they find you and your your food pictures, your videos, all your coverage, where can they follow you at? <laughs> Since day one, yeah. <laughs> Since day one. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I just want to just repeat what you, what you said, that it's been great to have Ivan on the show. I think it's always really interesting for me to hear the perspective of actual fans, because Whilst it's great for me to be impartial and be independent when I watch and when I analyze games, uh, I, can, I can miss things, you know? I can miss 
the passion that being a fan of a team brings. And so it's always great to have my eyes open to that. So thanks a lot for coming on. Um, if, you don't, if you don't follow me, you can find me at TomH underscore 36. And um, where can people find you, Karina? You guys can find me at Caritorres underscore seven. Um, follow us there for Liga Mackey's coverage, uh, especially the final first and second leg. And don't forget to follow the Eagle Eye podcast for all you Americanistas trying to keep up the, with the game. Live commentary, as always. Uh, follow them on Twitter and Spotify now, right? Correct? Spotify iTunes and SoundCloud. You guys can find us on all three platforms. So if you ever miss a live show for whatever reason, you guys always know where you, you guys can always have us in your pocket. They're putting us to shame. Awesome. <laughs> right? We're like, oh, you can find us at SoundCloud. We need to upgrade, Tom. We, we need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do. We really need to extend grounds. Uh, but, anyways, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to another football podcast with another episode. Next week, we'll be back with the chaotic madness of the first and second leg final. Um, so thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast and watch Liga Mekis, um this week. So goodbye. We'll catch you next week. Adios.